0: All right, I never quite know when I should let you do that or we should open the scripture together. I think it's time. You know, the book of Hebrews talks about why we come together when it says we're supposed to come together and encourage one another to love and good deeds, stir each other up, and there's all those one another's in scripture I know what you just had wasn't long enough to do that completely, but I hope it gives you a taste of what we need when we're together as believers. Every you Bibles this morning, I'll ask you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, and this January, we are in the process of a short series called Renew. And we're trying to look at what it means to be renewed we're praying for renewal in our church we're praying for renewal in our personal walks with God we're praying that you have a sense of not just beginning a new year but having a freshness to your walk with God and so we've looked throughout places in the scripture where we think it stirs us up and if you're going to say the word renew you have to come to Romans chapter 12 to be able to see what it says about the renewing of our minds. This past week I had a privilege of going up to Richmond, Virginia and spending the entire week, didn't come back until yesterday, with our, uh, at our missionary training center that we have as Baptists. And I was able to be there with missionaries and church leaders and talk about church partnerships. And I just had some very special divine appointments um, for instance, I had a headache, so I went to the place to see if I could get some uh, medication, and I turned, in the nurse that came out to greet me, I've known forever, and, and uh, she said, I'll give you some Tylenol, but I need to give you a prayer request. And we went aside, and she, I just was able to hear her heartbeat and pray for her and her husband as they're going through a time of transition of what their next assignment is as missionaries. I ended it by saying, you know, we could have talked without me having to get a headache. You know, so next time just seek me out and we won't have to do it that way. But it seemed like I had time to meditate on the scripture, but I was, I was struggling to make sure I had the, the uh, outline organized well enough because I was getting up early, going to really late, and I thought, great, I'm finally going to get on the airplane and I'm going to have a chance just to go over what I'm preparing to preach and how this is going to work. And I get to the gate And I look up and there stands a longtime friend, his wife, he's in his mid-50s, his wife died suddenly 11 months ago. I've talked to him a little bit, but not much, we just haven't had the opportunity, he lives there in Richmond, and um, I said, so D-Ray, where are you sitting? He looked at his boarding card, I looked at mine, I said, we're one seat between us, so we're going to make that guy change, all right? So we got on the plane, and we orchestrated a seat change. You know, sometimes people say, no, that's my seat, and I'm not moving. Like, you know, it's against the law, to, you know, but, but we were able to make that switch. And, and we sat there, and instead of me working on my sermon as far as organizing the outline better, I had a class from a broken heart of what it means to renew your mind. I just asked him questions and I let him lead the conversation anywhere he wanted it to go. At one point, we went all the way back to when he had come home and his, his wife had been placed by the funeral home on the stretcher and he had not seen her yet. And his pastor very wisely said, if if you want to see her, you need to go do it right now. And he told me, he said he, he walked over to her her body there on the stretcher, his parents beside him, and he cried and he just fell to the floor and he got back up and he he kissed her on the cheek and he said, through all of that agony, God's grace was so real that I was able to say, Father, I don't understand this, but I trust you and I know that you're good and I want you to work in my life. And we talked on and on and I, I may tell you a couple more things before we close our Bibles at the end, but it was such an example of what it means to put this passage into practice it says in Romans 12 verse 1 I, I plead with you I, I appeal to you I beg you the old translations say a lot of new translations say brothers and sisters so don't feel left out girls alright uh, it's just one word but it's, it's back in the day when you could say mankind and everybody thought they were one okay you know so it's, it's, it's that way alright and He says, I plead with you by the mercies of God, by the deep working of God in our lives, I plead with you to present your body as a living sacrifice. Present it holy and acceptable to God, which is your logical, reasonable, spiritual response in worship. It's really clear that this verse is saying, if you see what God has done, it's just, it just makes sense for you to say, I worship you because I trust you. Even in those confusing moments when I don't understand, I don't see how it fits, I run to the Father. All right, I trust you. That's your reasonable, logical, response of worship. And then it goes on. It says, because you're presenting yourself that way, Here's what you need to expect. Don't be conformed to this world. Some modern translations say, don't let the world pour you into its mold. Don't be conformed to this world. But, in contrast to that, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's, that's why we're there this morning. That, that phrase, the renewal of your mind. And then it says... As your mind is being renewed, you will be testing and discerning and understanding and knowing the will of God, and it's going to be that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And when it says perfect, it doesn't mean, well, that's just perfect, no flaw. It, it's a word that has in it the idea of coming to its logical and appropriate conclusion, all right? It's going somewhere. So put all that together again. I plead with you by the mercies of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's that's your reasonable response to worship. And expect when you do that that you'll not be conformed to this world. You'll not let the world pour you into its mold, but instead you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern as you test and discover and appraise what the will of God is. And you can expect that's going to be good and it's going to be acceptable and it's going to be perfect. So we believe this is God's word. We believe he uses his spirit to speak to his children. Pray with me. Father, we open your word now with great reverence. We take it for what it is, the very word of God. Now we pray that you, by your spirit, would use it to speak to us. We trust you we we know our hearts need a surgeon and when we go to sleep on the operating table we don't help the surgeon work we entrust ourselves to the surgeon's care so now we know the word of god is quick alive sharp as in any two-edged sword discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts so we pray loving father would you speak to our hearts Shine your light on anything that's out of line. Shine your light on the path we need to walk. Confirm, encourage, rebuke, correct, restore. We trust you. That's why we pray a simple prayer. Lord, as I open your word, speak to my heart. Would you pray, speak to my heart. Let's pray it aloud. Speak to my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have a nice printed outline for you that was not printed. (laughs) So instead, I'm going to follow through and you take your note sheet and look over on the back. I really want you to find something with a pen to at least write down the verses to go home and look them up, okay? If you don't write down the points, if they're not so clear, they're not going to be up here on the screen, so you're going to have to list one by one but these passages are very important if we're going to understand what it means to renew our mind so we're not really going to leave this Romans 12 we're going to let let it be our launching pad to look at other verses that help explain what it means to discern and to renew our minds first I want you to see that our minds are renewed in the light of worship did you see that here it's when we're in God's presence that he's renewing our mind. So in the light of worship, what is worship simply defined? Seeing God for who he is, seeing ourselves for who we are, and responding to him. We had on our list of passages to preach for renewal, Isaiah chapter 6. I don't think we're going to get it in this series, but if you know it, it's when Isaiah says that he was overwhelmed by the presence of God. And when he saw God for who he was, he says, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And that's happened sometimes in worship. Not because God delights in making us feel bad in his presence, but because God shows us in his presence that we're not like him and how much we need him. And so in the context of worship, In the light of worship, God renews our mind. Our minds are renewed as we submit to the Lord. Did you see it? I beseech you to present your body a living sacrifice. It's in that responding to who he is, presenting ourselves to him, that he is renewing our minds. Our minds are renewed in the transformation process. Let's put that second verse up here on the screen and look at it and see how it says that to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I didn't do an exhaustive search, but I, I heard someone say, and I'm just going to trust this guy knew what he was talking about, that the only time this word transformed like it is here is used is when Jesus was transfigured. remember the story the gospels they were with him up on the mountain and he was transfigured into a glory that they had not seen and he was talking with the men of old and the disciples were watching trying to figure out what was going on and the guy who explained that that's what this word means said be careful that you don't take away the Spiritual work of transformation because it's a spiritual thing. I I put no premium on ignorance, but I also put no premium on everybody knowing so much about God and not knowing God. I mean, there's there's a real difference in having a lot of book knowledge and head knowledge and in really knowing him. And so the transformation process that's going to happen to us is not because we're just going to get really smarter and somebody bring up a verse in the Bible and we bring up five more that go with it. You know, that's not, that's not the spirit of a transformed, renewed mind. So it takes place in that process. But I want you to think for a moment about how transformation takes place. It's, it's really in three phases. And Some of you have grown up going to church, and you've heard this a lot, but I want to make sure all of you remember, we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Do you understand that? We were saved, we came to Christ, we cried out for a Savior, and from that moment on we were transformed from death to life, from old to new. We were taken from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of our Christ and we were transferred into his kingdom. We became new creations. We, we ha- now have the capacity to cry out, Abba, Father, because we know him. We were saved, but we're being saved. As he is changing us, moment by moment, day by day, as we walk with him, and then one day, we will be saved. And as he talks about the transformation, you can't help but be reminded of those elements of now we're in this process of being saved. And then he says, we have a renewed mind. And what does that renewed mind do? There's a real key word here that you might discern. Discern is telling good from evil but it's also telling best from good. Discern is knowing the need of the moment. Don't don't you love the way the scripture says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but according to the need of the moment, you may speak to someone and give grace to them. You have an incredible power in your ability to encourage someone else. And you discern the need of the moment there's sometimes you need to confront things there's sometimes you need to walk away there's sometimes you confront a fool there are other times you let the fool in his folly go his way and i hope that you will be discerning in this year 2020 you're going to have plenty of opportunity to be polarized and to be argumentative like what's going on in our culture, and I pray that we will be better than that, that we will be discerning appropriately how to be primarily in the kingdom of God, and we'll know when and how and what to say and when to say it, because we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I know your mind just wandered all kinds of ways trying to figure out what all I was implying. Come on back here now, all right? We're trying to understand what it means to have our minds renewed. So as we start talking about the renewing of our mind, I want us to just look at some other scriptures that show us marks. Now, these are not comprehensive. These don't include everything, all right? But these are some examples of what it's like when we're having a renewed mind. For instance... You you can't help but think about, when you think of the word mind, you can't help but think about going over to the book of Philippians. So can you find it? It's easier for you to dial up on your smartphone. I'm having to turn the pages, all right? So I'm over in Philippians, and I'm in Philippians chapter 2. And if you know this text, then you, you know what it says in a very simple way. It says that we're to have in us the mind of Christ. Have this mind. I, can I just tell you straight up, I don't like the ESV here. It says among yourselves. Come on. It's not just like floating out there among you, all right? It goes on to say, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, I mean, make sure you don't miss the drive here. You have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians says, who's instructed God? Who's known his way? And then Paul just says, But we have the mind of Christ. Now, we don't understand everything going on in the mind of Christ, but we have in us Christ himself, living resurrection life in us. And as we are being transformed and we're renewing our mind, there's an expectation that our mind will have certain qualities. And here's an example. Have this attitude in you, this mind in you, which was in Jesus, And what does it go on to say? This great hymn of praise. In my particular Bible, it has an indention and we're not going to put it up here on the screen, but if you're looking at it, the next few verses go in what many believe was a hymn that they sang in in Bible days. It's a great hymn of praise to Christ of what he did. He was equal with God, but he didn't cling to that equality and he humbled himself, and he took on the form of a servant, and being found in the likeness of men, he'd come as a man in external form, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And, and what is he saying? He's illustrating what he just said. Don't think so highly of yourself that you think it's all about you. It's not all about you. It's, it's not all about what makes you feel good, and it's not all about you getting your comforts. To be a follower of Christ, you learn how to see someone else as more important than yourself. You know how to see their needs and lay down your rights. Oh, there are plenty of things you have rights to do. But you don't demand your right, even as Jesus didn't demand his right. Why? Because... You have the mind of Christ working in you. That's what it means to have a renewed mind. It's a humble mindset. I don't want to leave this second chapter of of, uh, Philippians. I don't think I told him to put this on the screen, but let let me show it to you. As you move on through, following this hymn of praise... He says in verse 12, my dear friends, just as you've always obeyed, not just in my presence, but even now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Catch verse 13. It is God who is working in you, enabling both to choose and to do his goodwill. Now, what does that mean? A renewed mind recognizes that God's at work. A renewed mind anticipates the work of God. He's going to be around the next corner. He's going to be there and he's going to be good. He's going to have something for me to do. And as I walk around that corner with my renewed mind anticipating his work, I see that he is in me choosing and doing for his good pleasure. That's what happens with a renewed mind. It recognizes and it responds to the will of God. Now, that's all positive. <laughs> Let's look at the flip side of that coin of what it means for us to renew our mind even in a time of conflict. Once again, this scripture is not going to be up on the screen, so I want you to write it down in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, I need to give a little context to the passage. In Second Corinthians 2, Paul is writing... And he's writing another letter to the church at Corinth. In the first letter of the church at Corinth, there was a guy who was living in very blatant public sin, and he told them to deal with that guy's sin. Don't just let him do that, and everybody think it's okay. So he told them to take a stand and deal with this guy. And so now in the second letter, he's writing back. He's gotten word the guy repented of his sin and wanted to be restored. And, and Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, in verse 5, if anyone's caused pain, he's not caused pain to me. And the punishment by the majority was good enough. So now you should forgive and comfort him instead. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Then I want you to see he says in verse 10, whom you forgive, I forgive. I don't have anything against him in the presence of Christ. So that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, now you've got to catch this, all right? He says you need to forgive the guy because if you don't forgive the guy, it's going to cause trouble in your heart and in the church and you need to know that the devil's going to take advantage of you because you didn't forgive. And, and in the book of Ephesians, it talks about our forgiveness. And when we don't forgive, we give place to the devil. We give a place for him in our, our minds and in our hearts to destroy us. That's a whole separate sermon. <laughs> the reason we're here is this one little phrase. We are not ignorant of his schemes. Every time I read that, I say, yes, we are. Paul said, we're not ignorant of his schemes, but aren't we ignorant of his schemes? Why does he keep fooling us? (laughs) Why does he keep uh, doing things that we didn't expect and derailing us and distracting us? I believe in real forces of evil set against the purposes of God. And I know that I can be enticed by sexual sin. I can be enticed by moral impurity. I can be enticed by materialism. I can be enticed by bitterness. I can be enticed by a desire to be perceived as more important than I am. And trust me, that was not all the schemes of the devil. But those are some that are clearly delineated in scripture and this morning if we're going to renew our minds we're going to have to recognize that it's not just the world trying to pour us into its mold; it's our own flesh within and the schemes of the devil around us one guy said, it's the devil against me, it's the world around me, and it's my flesh within me. And that's, that's a pretty good way to look at it, all right? All of those things are going to try to take over the screen of your mind. We have such a great opportunity to illustrate things that Paul didn't have. He didn't have a computer. Man, I don't know how he looked anything up in the Bible. You know, he couldn't use Google. I, I don't know how he made, all that, made that stuff work. But you know, one of the best illustrations I can think to talk to you about your mind is like a, a screen. There's a whole bunch of store, stuff stored, but you get pop, what's going to pop up on the screen. And are you going to let it stay there, or are you going to change the channel? Are you going to try to put the right stuff there, or are you going to let the wrong stuff be what informs you? You do know that not every thought you have is truth, Right? You do know that every feeling you have is not necessarily right. And if we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we're going to have to let the Scripture and the Spirit confront us and build root systems within us so that we will not be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. Yes, all of these are individual sermons. All right? So, let's go on while we're in Corinthians and look at something else that addresses what happens when our mind is being renewed. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If I were putting together a scripture memory pack, I would include 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 for every believer to have in their scripture memory pack. It's one of the most critical, one of the most clear explanations of temptation and how believers are to understand and respond to temptation. The ESV reads this way. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Oh, but you don't understand my problem. Well, you think you're the first person to ever have that problem? Oh, but you don't understand. Come on. Any temptation that goes on in our lives, it may be a new opportunity, but it's not a new thing, okay? And in that temptation, God has promised that there will be a way to escape. Do I need to illustrate? Think of every time you find yourself on the other end of failing and being trapped through a temptation. Prior to that, there was opportunity for you to change the channel, for you to flip the switch, for you to go another way. the renewing of our mind. The whispers of the Spirit. The bringing to our mind scriptures that we have to push down like pushing a ball back under the water in a pool. Any temptation that comes, God has said he will provide a way to escape. And so we want to renew our minds so that we'll know what God's like and we want to renew our minds so that we will be quick to have the opportunity to turn and respond to him. Do you know in the scripture, when it comes to these kind of battles, there's the discussion of our feelings, but there's also the discussion of when to fight and when to flee. There's a discussion of when to take it on And when to run and i'm going to resist singing an old country song but you do need to know you need to know when to walk away and when to run it's very clear in scripture god will provide a way to escape some of that way to escape can be accountability to friends some of that way to escape can be putting certain restrictions on your devices. So, certain of those things can be, it, the scripture makes very clear about the accountability to one another and iron sharpening one another. There's all kinds of things that can be said, but we're trying to hold close to what happens when we renew our mind. There's a humble mindset. We recognize and respond to the works of God. We discern the schemes of the devil and we overcome temptation. Now, here's another one. As our minds are being renewed, let's stay in the Corinthian family and turn to your right again to 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there's more discussion of what it means to renew our minds from those things that would distract us and derail us in our walk with God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says it this way in maybe verse 3 is where it starts. For though we walk in the flesh, that is this container, we don't do our battle according to the flesh. We've got different tools. It's not just changing your mind, outsmarting your mind, creating certain habits, learning more things. It's more than that. We don't just fight according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. But instead, they are divinely empowered to do what? To destroy strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are places that you've allowed the wrong thought, the wrong attitude to set up shop, to whisper to you over and over again, you're no good. You'll never measure up. You've failed. You've gone so far. You'll never matter. It'll never work. One of the things you can look for is it'll have a whole lot of those never things in there. It'll, It'll be condemning. It'll be broad. It'll be making you think through discouragement and despair that you can never make it work. Yesterday, in that airplane, D-Ray opened up his computer. He said, I'm going to launch a blog next month, and I've already written these 60 articles. <laughs> and he started rolling through them, and I said, just tell me what they all mean, buddy. And he was, he was walking through different ones, and he said, oh, this one right here, I wrote the night after. I got ready to go upstairs and go to bed. His kids are all grown. He's in the house alone. He said, I got ready to go upstairs to go to bed, and I stopped at the stairs, and I was just overwhelmed with this great sense of defeat and discouragement and that nothing was going to ever work and that what in the world am I going to do with my life? And he said, I stood there like, do I just crawl up in my fetal position over here in the floor. And he said, and I remembered what I was supposed to do. And I just lifted my hands to the Lord and said, Lord, none of that's right. None of that's true. And I welcome you to do your work in my life. Where do you have that kind of stronghold quickly repeats itself, quickly rises up against. Notice how it goes on. It says we destroy strongholds and we destroy arguments and what does this translation say? Lofty opinions. Some translations say speculations. All right, We, we destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised up against what? The knowledge of God. These are things that would Be the very opposite of renewing your mind. These are those things that would rise up inside of you, repeating a bad old song over and over to pull you down. And here's what he says we do. We we take these things captive to the obedience of Christ. So how does that work? I've got this very vivid picture in my mind. You're standing before a thought, a discouragement, a condemnation. And it's coming at you strong. You put handcuffs on it. And you bring it over and you make it stand beside Jesus. Now all of a sudden things get very simple. What would Jesus say? I wish we hadn't worn that out years ago, but it's still right. What would Jesus do? What does God say is true about this? we bring it captive to the obedience of christ that my friend is a very real daily example of what it means to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so a renewed mind has a humble mindset it recognizes and responds that god's at work it discerns the schemes of the devil it overcomes temptation it addresses and tears down strongholds and it knows how to delight in what is good. In Philippians chapter 4 the Apostle Paul confronts us and tells us that we shouldn't be worrying about anything I'm sorry uh, you, don't, you don't have it's not okay <laughs> All right, Philippians 4 He says, don't worry about anything, but instead, in verse 6, pray about everything with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. That's, That's a renewing of your mind. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Then there's this really long list of whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. That's the things you read to the thought that you brought captive over and you stand it by Jesus. Is this going to be a thought that's honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is there any moral excellence? Is there any praise? There is. Then dwell on these things. Implied, if it doesn't match that list, don't dwell on that thing. That's what it means to experience a renewed mind. Now I'm looking at the clock and I'm about as bad as I was last week, all right? I guess that's okay because Johnny's preaching next week. We'll see if he can do any better, all right? See if he can do it any faster. I want to read to you a prayer that I wrote that I was going to have you fill in the blanks as something we could pray today. If we're going to say, okay, Lord, I want to present myself as a living sacrifice. I, I want to worship you, and I, I want you to renew my mind, transform me, and renew my mind so that I can be a discerning man, a discerning woman, and walk in and know the will of God, that good, perfect, acceptable great logical end planned by God to bring him glory in the context of worship what should I pray I wrote it like this Lord I respond to your love Johnny said it well earlier when he was leading us to go back and sing can you respond to that can you respond to the I run to the father can can you respond to that Lord, I respond to your love. It's the logical result of my worship. I lay down everything as I worship you. One old preacher said, every Sunday we lie in church. We sing these songs we don't mean. Wherever he leads, I'll go. You don't mean that. All to Jesus I surrender. You don't mean that. This morning, could you mean it as a part of your worship? Lord, I respond to your love. I lay down everything as I worship you. I repent of my wrong thinking and doing. You know what the word repent means, right? We looked at it last week. I turn, I change my mind. It's metanoia. It's a change of mind. It's a turning of your mind from one thing to another. I'm changing the channel. From the discouraging, defeating, to the believing and trusting and hoping in the Lord Jesus. I repent of my wrong thinking and doing. I receive your forgiveness. And I ask you, Lord, will you renew my mind every day as I walk with you? I want to make sure I destroy the myth that one day you're going to wake up and your mind's going to be totally renewed. Okay, that's not going to happen. But I can say, if you're in that season where you feel like you're sinning more than ever before, it could be that you're finally recognizing it now, all right? And as you learn how to recognize what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's best, as you learn how to recognize the walking in the presence of God, you won't have to start at zero every time. You'll be able in what you've discovered about Him Quickly take that thought captive. To quickly look for the way out and watch him as he renews your mind. And maybe the day will come, I pray not soon, but even in something that just devastates you and rips your heart out, you'll be able to say, though he slay me, Still, I trust him. Because we know his ways are right and his plan is good. And he is a good, good father. Would you pray with me now? Lord, we thank you for your word and how it lights a fire in our soul. We thank you, Lord, for your word and how it puts a light on our path so, Lord, today, in the ways that you're speaking to us, some things we need to confess as wrong and agree, some things we need to receive as right and let it find place in our hearts. Lord, I pray as we come to you that our hearts, just because we've been here today and opened your word, we'll sense that we're being changed and we're being renewed. As your grace works fresh in our lives, So, Lord, quickly we confess anything that's out of line. Quickly we confess anything that's wrong. And quickly we receive the goodness of your grace and love and mercy to us. So this is our prayer. And we pray it in Jesus' name.